In the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Fire Run podcast, because Jen must go hen. I'm your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined by most of our roster tonight, including Hood Husky, UWA, J-Cap, UW Squints, DJ, K, Woody, and F Mac. How's everybody doing tonight? That intro was fire. Hooligan. Good. Good. Fine. <laughs> yeah. As Better always, than I was Saturday night, that's for sure. Yeah. As always, we'll start with uh, we'll start with what's everybody drinking. Uh, I'll go ahead and 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 jump off and, and jump in first and say I'm uh, trying to cook it red red blend uh, canned wine from PCC. Not bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, Hood, how about you? What are you what are you sipping? Uh, can't even lie to you. I got sparkling water. So uh, and it's got a little lime uh, lemon flavor actually. So. I'm sipping, sipping light today. Nice. Nice. Leah, how about you? I'm drinking a Costco special red blend. Um, still, th- still 49. So 49. Oh, my God. 40 and white. Whoa. <laughs> <Gave my laughs> Montana aged you that much? <laughs> yeah. Actually, Montana aged me a lot. But, you know, just, uh, just a red blend. 40 and white. No LaCroix tonight. Crazy. All right. J-Cap. Uh, I got a Voodoo Ranger Juicy Haze IPA. Nice. Holding it down for us IPA lovers. Way to go. All right. Uh, Mac, how about you? Yeah, I've got the I've got the Boda box again. The red wine. Just taking it easy. Nice. Three wine. I think this is a, a three wine drinkers in, in one pot. I think this is unprecedented territory for us. Uh, well, DJ, how about you? We know who Claw. to blame. Since the loss on Saturday, I'm punishing myself and not drinking any water or beverages or anything for a whole week. Water? So, not no water? No. water? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just drinking nothing, actually. I'm watching the U.S. Men's National Team. Nice. All right. And uh, and Squints, how about you? What's your beverage of choice? Mega White Claw. Hey, there it is. All Somebody's right. Got there we go. Holding down for Claw Fam. Got one. Yeah. <laughs> White Claw. Um. I don't know if anybody else has any stupid tweets that they want to shout out, but uh, I'll call out myself um, in uh, my score prediction of uh, Washington 56, Montana 10. Well, that shouldn't have been a stupid tweet. That should have been reality. So, How about so right, you know what? A little, a little introspection, not a bad thing after last Saturday. So it's all good. For, for all involved. For all involved. Yeah. Um, so I, I think... We, let's just start at the top and, and like why I have, um, why we switched up the intro a little bit this week. I, I think it's really, I think that's just been a, a litany of errors that have been made at the top of our department, at the top of the department. And I think change is needed. Um, I, I think the one that really just set me off and, and, and I've kind of wavered back and forth. I know when we've covered women's basketball in the past, the disastrous hire of Jody Wynn, um, you know, we've, we've touched on Mike Hopkins and he, came in, did well, and it's since tanked. Lindsey Meggs has not been anywhere near resembling a, an effective or great hire for baseball. Um, but the one that really kind of sent me over the edge was something that Husky, the Husky Fan podcast that Chess uh, tweeted out, um, a comment that she had made in a room full of boosters about, oh, yeah, with NIL, I've got a something to the effect of like, I've got to start reaching out to, to, to the booster community and the, and the, and the businesses in Seattle about this NIL thing after it's already been in place in, and to my perspective, that's actively costing 
her primary constituency, the student athletes at the University of Washington, opportunities and and money. And that by itself is inexcusable, let alone how she is failing the constituency of the general students at the like the general student body at the University of Washington, the donors, the boosters that she's in the room with, and every UW fan that spends time, money, and energy on this program. That's just a failure at and she's failing the coaches because she's not setting them up for success by being slow to the punch and rather than hang, having it all being having the foresight to have that all teed up and you look at hey recruiting's taken a little bit of a step back if we'd had more deals lined up with the local business community you know maybe the issues that we're having on the recruiting side wouldn't be there all right let me take it away that's all you oh sorry i didn't hear um <laughs> yeah i just feel like jen is still that little nine-year-old girl that we've heard the story about how she wrote a don letter to don james in the 70s or 80s and she's been a fan ever since and now she's risen up the ladder within the athletic department she's been the athletic director for five seven years now and she's still running the department as though she's that little nine-year-old girl just so grateful to have the job instead of actually having the wherewithal to understand that she actually has to force people to make hard decisions she has to look at chris peterson and say no i'm sorry i know that you're not comfortable with the marketing that we have to do to advertise with our with our teams particularly football but that's actually something that we need to do for our program to be better, to speak to the to the youth, to recruits, this is something that we have to do to go toe to toe in Oregon. We have to do that. And no, Coach Lake, I'm not going to allow you to hire someone like John Donovan to run the offense. I don't think that's a good choice. I think you should keep looking. Or alternatively, here's some more money so the job looks a little bit more attractive. But instead, she's just kind of sitting back and letting things fall the way they may, and it's just, it's not working. And you just look at the hires that she's made in her time at Washington. I think that fans are giving her a little bit too much credit for the Chris Peterson hire. The reality is he called up the University of Washington and essentially hired himself. She was just in the room next to Scott Woodward, who was the athletic director at the time when the deal was signed. She was in the room where it happened. That is it. In addition, she's hired Mike Hopkins, who is very likely on the hot seat this year. She had the disastrous hire of Jody Wynn, who she said then had to fire and replace. And by the way, she wasn't even really in charge of the hiring search for Jody Wynn's replacement. She farmed out that search to somebody else within her athletic department who hired coach Tina Langley. And then finally, she didn't even do a national search to hire Jimmy Lake. Chris Peterson resigned. And two days later, we hired Jimmy Lake without a national search. So I think what happened on Saturday is kind of emblematic for some institutional rot that we have inside our athletic department. And the best way to fix it isn't to, to fire the coaching staff or fire Jimmy Lake, because then she's in charge of hiring the next guy. And she hasn't done a good job with that. The best decision, I think, at this point is to move on and get an athletic director. You think we should move on now or, or I, I I think it wouldn't be the worst decision to do it before the end of the football season. I don't think today, maybe not, but I think 
probably by if if the season continues to go the way that it looks like it's going to go, I'd say by November she needs to be relieved of her duties. Yeah, that would be my decision. I mean, how many are ads on contracts like coaches? You know, like two year contract or you have to buy them out. Is that well, a thing? I, that is a good question. It's worth looking into. I know that um, Danielle on Twitter posted um, the salaries, the biggest, the highest paid people on the staff, mm-hmm. and she's getting paid around the ballpark of what John Donovan's getting paid, which is eight hundred thousand dollars a year. That's a lot of money to be paid for some for two people who are really crappy at their jobs. <laughs> yeah, Hopkins yep. getting two point something million. Yep. But but shout out to the highest paid state employee. <laughs> Let's roll up. Roll low, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those things that I'm in higher. It's just the, the and here and again, it's the concern and like, and it's an expectation I would have of every athletic director to be able to be like, is that who you want to stake your reputation on? Your, and this is your first chance at a head coaching job. Do you want to stake the success or a large part of your success or failure on that guy? Yeah, take it. It's hard to stake your reputation on Jimmy Lake, who has no experience and who's not doing well recruiting. And she's putting all of her eggs in that. And it's not working out so far. And his hiring decisions haven't been stellar. Like his DC replacement of PK was Bob Gregory, who, I mean, we can't blame for Saturday, but wait long enough and we'll probably blame him for something. Um, uh, inside linebacker recruiting. We can oh, blame Bob for that. There's always something to blame Bob for. There's always something to blame Bob for. <laughs> Stick around yep. long enough and we can blame Bob for something. But no, pre- he unfortunately pre- doesn't pre- get the blame. We were, or sorry. Uh, pre, uh, pre-show we were talking about uh, yeah, pre-show we were talking about the fan experience as well. Um, just about how she's improved that and uh, improved the the athletic department's bottom line. So, um, like we were kind of mentioning, we feel like that might be kind of why she's hanging around a little bit. And at the end of the day, if you're bringing in the dough, it's a little tough to fire somebody because um, that's kind of the point of the overall point of the athletic department uh, is to generate money. Yeah. Now, how it's allocated and the hires and things like that, you know, like I feel like you can fire. JD at the end of the year and then restart that with maybe a bigger OC talent pool this offseason. Um, but I just hate that that we're having all this inst- these institutional problems in a year where we're we have a loaded team. Um, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, so that, that having that cloud over the team like that is just it's just unfortunate. You know, her incompetency kind of lingering over what I feel is a pretty solid head coach. Um, you know, solid uh, coordinators, um, great, uh, great team, a bunch of talent. Sucks that this is kind of a, a gloomy cloud hanging over it. Yeah, I was. We were talking pre-show also about like in the past thirty years, I can think of two athletic directors that we've had since nineteen ninety that have actually been pretty good at their jobs, and that has been Scott Woodward and Mike Lude. That is why we are in the state that we are. That Barbara Hedges, Todd Turner, they are certainly a huge reason for why we took a giant 15-year pause in football. 
It's a huge reason for that. And so the longer we allow Jennifer Cohen to have her job, the more risk we have of going back into that era. And I don't think anyone on this pod wants anything to do with that era repeating itself. And one of the key points to me was also the fact that the season ticket were based atrophy during her three year run going to the NY6. Yeah, I think what Hooligan's trying to say is that, you know, Jennifer Cohen has been given a lot of grace because we did have that successful three-year run in addition to the fact that she's been a huge moneymaker, as Hood said, for the program. It's really hard to look at that and say, oh, yeah, she deserves to go because she's made so much money from the University of Washington. And absolutely, she should be given a whole bunch of credit for that because that's hard work and that's what she's really good at. She's really good at being a money raiser, money maker for the athletic department. Where she lacks talent is in leadership, in leaning on people to make really tough decisions. Institutional hires. That's correct. Yep. The, and the I think someone at Montana was fun. Yeah. You know, it was having the so beer there better. was fun. You so know, great. Like, that stuff was 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 fun. You know, those decisions seem like they're pretty solid, but you know, the tough hires. You know, where you're allocating the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feels like, and I don't know, like, I feel like Jen is, like, too, like, deferential. And, like, she is like, hey, it's your program. Like, I want Jimmy. I want you to make the decision. I trust you. Like, it's your ship. Like, you run it the way you want. Like, I want an AD to be more hands-on, like, a little more scrutiny and like a little more hands-on with the process, like I, like her fingerprints are not on any of that stuff, right? It's like, oh, like this is, you know, it's Jimmy's team or it's Hop's team, right? And, you know, the the it's like, hey, Hop, you got to make some changes. Okay, I'll change up my staff, right? And even with the going back to the John Don thing, like she didn't really have much to say about that, right? Or any comment on it. Like, yeah, we threw out a wide net. We talked to a lot of people. It was basically like, yeah, this is Jimmy's guy. I trust him, right? Um, and you know, to your point, Hood, like, I like Jimmy's a Jimmy was like a highly sought after coach. Like, he there was a lot of people that tried to poach him, right? The SEC was trying to poach him. We had to keep him happy, and his players love him. They want to play for him. They love him, um, but he's also a first time coach, and that's where an experienced AD should step in a little bit and help guide the process, like help, you know, help provide some addition, you know, be that sounding board, like, at, you know, roll up your sleeves and dig in too. And I just don't feel like Jen does that. I don't know. And that's, again, that's maybe a perception. Maybe you would talk to the coaches and they'd be like, no, she's super hands-on. She wants to talk to all my staff, but I just don't get that sense that she's super hands-on with it. I think she, she views the role as like, I'm, I'm Tai, I'm donor facing and I'm make decisions like, okay, let's put alcohol in the stadium or whatever, like the revenue, you know, you know, ticket items, but I don't get the sense she's super involved in like the nitty gritty of like the coaching decisions outside of like the head coach. It's kind of like head coach and then, all right, it's your show, you run it. And if you don't run it right, then I'll put pressure on you to make changes. 
I think we're finding out like that a lot of the people involved in this program don't have a lot of national connects. Like we got to hire all these underrated guys and these guys we got to develop. There's not these people that come and like transcend your program a little bit or like take it to the next level. Yeah. So it seems like we're hiring a lot of people that, you know, oh, I got something to prove. Oh, I got nah, fam. Like, uh, why can't we have a guy that come in there and be like, oh, well, I'm a head coach, not an OC. You know, I'm a mm-hmm. I'm a, a athletic director. I'm not a head coach. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they're all from the same tree, pretty they're much. All from the similar trees. Yeah, well, and, we're and you can't like, you have can't have someone there general. who's trying to prove themselves when you're recruiting up against Oregon, who is seasoned. Like that is not something that I want to be playing with again. Like I like we have a lot of guys on staff that are just kind of playing catch up to the way Oregon does you can, things. You can have one or two of those guys, maybe like, like a Cato. Uh, uh, and so like you can have one or two guys, but yeah, not the whole staff almost. <laughs> uh, you got to have a couple guys being elite recruiters and elite at their position. And we don't really have that. I mean, we have Huff as a recruiter, have we, as we mentioned, but man, it's O-line got to step up and play. But yeah, you're right, Leah. Yeah, and, and one of the things that's going to hamstring us is the uh, uh, two-year contracts that we signed all the coaching staff to. You know that that's tough to overcome. I mean, you start looking at coaching changes. You know, when you're double coaches essentially, paying guys and have to go out and recruit the the guys you want. That's a tough spot to be in. Um, see how how that works out and uh, what made, and it, but it comes back to the athletic department. You know, the the uh, director making those decisions to give out to your contracts to your guys who haven't proven themselves. When we just mentioned, like, or not, we just mentioned, but like in terms of the contract stuff, like the. You know, the it was a huge miss on, you know, the people who are proven, right? So PK not having a buyout, right? Like, that's a huge misstep. I mean, it was a, that's a massive miss as an AD to not, to not correct that. So, yeah. I mean, uh, that just seems like a really – that's, like, really obvious. It, it, at least to me, it seems like, man, you've got, like, a really proven, like, coordinator – you know, don't let them walk for nothing, right? I mean, that's like just basic, right? 101, 80. Hey, uh, Lee, I got another question or Hooligan, if you guys know the answer. So uh, you guys are saying that uh, Jen Cohen brings in some money for the uh-huh. for the athletic department. So are we looking at like this year and next year to make profit as of now or like, projected, you know, like how are we doing that? standpoint are we i have believe a loss? I, I believe so we're back into the positive with the proviso as long as we can have the stadium to capacity i mean obviously like that's gonna be determined on on what happens on the football field but all right yeah i mean i'm i'm letting you guys speak on cohen more than me uh but yeah i'm not a fan of hers so i'm with you guys in the same boat that 
I'll be happy to see someone else. I mean, yeah, I like the passion that she has, but you got to have, I can't remember if we were talking about this before or uh, earlier, but you got to have like a, a balance of somebody who's can make good decisions and smart business smart, but also <clears throat> passionate. Can't have like one or the other. Yeah. I think to jump off on that DJ, I would say like what, I think was really good about someone like Scott Woodward who had absolutely no ties to the Pacific Northwest was that he was able to make some really shrewd decisions because it was like, he wasn't a fanboy. He was just like, you know what? This needs to be done. This is a good decision. We're going to make this decision. We're going to cut this. We're going to do this, this, that, and the other. The only really arguably hard decision that Jen's had to make. And it was with much, you know, lots and lots and lots of contemplating was, uh, letting Lil Runs or Romar go, which was a very hard decision, but like that was probably in the in hindsight probably a good decision, just not maybe a great decision about who she hired to replace him. But she has just a really hard time making calls like that. She waited until it felt like it absolutely needed to happen to have Jody Wynn fired, even though she had a worse record in conference than Tyrone Willingham. Um, so yeah it was really bad and it was worse behind the curtains than anyone even knows so um you can argue she made a diff somewhat difficult decision with a apparel adidas going through but yeah adidas as far as i know offer like twice as much as jordan or nike so maybe it wasn't that hard money wise but that it's could just be a little where that's failed is holding adidas's feet to the fire oh about yeah what they're exactly. producing for us exactly and I will also say in terms of, to go back to, to Leah's point about Woodward, when he had to make a change in the women's basketball program, he went out and landed the hottest, basically the, like, the number one choice of any program making a change in the country at the time. And, and we he was shrewd enough to make sure that not only was that, was that person a great head coach, he made damn sure that person had a massive buyout. And so when he left for Ohio State, we got over a million dollars for him to go. Mm-hmm. That's how it's done. Compared to zero for PK? Zero dollars. Zero. That's crazy. Zero point Isn't that crazy? Zero. Is that crazy? That's embarrassing, that's honestly. That's a head coach. That, that hurts. Coach As someone who is supposed to be really good at finances, and I know she is, that is really, really critically terrible decision. How much would we have had to spend on an offensive coordinator or should we have had to spend on an offensive coordinator if Pete was going to leave or like how much could we have for an offensive coordinator after if we get rid of John Donovan after this season, if the offense continues to look like a clusterfuck, if Pete K had had a buyout. Yeah. It all looks different when you're not like paying people to like firing people and paying people not to coach. And then, we don't have that cushion from the buyout, so it affects us both ways. Anybody else think uh, think uh, winning at Michigan changes all this tone up? It would. I mean, it, it will make the fan base feel a hell of a lot better. It's not going to, like, like, and I've said it, like, there's been a lot of agita or and i probably am butchering the pronunciation there's been a lot of agita on husky twitter and i think you know there's people that are saying fire jimmy there are people that are saying fire john don um i think regardless of the results um i've seen enough 
and, and again, it goes back to the, even to the NIL thing. I've seen enough from Jen to know that it's not going to change. And even if we do have coaching changes, you know, whether it's football or other places, I don't have confidence in, in her to be making the decisions to continue to run the department. One thing we can say is like in the, in the, sorry, go ahead, Squins. I was just going to say, I'm one of those people pushing for firing John Dom, just to be clear. Very loud on that one. Same. Yeah. (laughs) I'm with you on that. Yeah. That's where, that's where I was going to take like a fork in the road. Like, Hey, like we, okay. So, you know, we've, we've talked Jen, I think we've made the most of the points that we wanted to make on that. Like, to be clear, like Montana was not her fault <laughs> at, <laughs> like, all. at no, all, at all. Like there was nothing that was 100% on the football coaching staff. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it, and it's really, it's inexcusable. I mean, it is like a historic black eye on yeah. the program. It really is. No doubt. Um, F. Mac I mean, left all the group chats he was in. Yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> I rage quit all of the group chats. I'm sorry I did that. And now I'm back on Washington Wednesday. Check. That's why it's, it that's right. Someone said like a wellness check. You had to check. do health checks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why it's a good idea. That's why it's a good idea to do the pod on the Wednesday following because it's like clear heads, clear eyes, full hearts, all that bullshit. It's like, so we've had a chance to digest it a little bit. That's the thing. We've had a chance to digest it. I mean, and yes, like we, like we were talking about today on Twitter, like it's always go dogs. Like it's always, you root for the program and the kids cause they're putting in the work for sure. Um, but man, it is, that one's not going away. We are literally never living that loss down forever (laughs) like i want people to appreciate that that's why i was so i went so hard on a saturday is like like you should lose sleep over it like this you because of your action or inaction or whatever there's a historic mark on the program because of that yeah i was just gonna say to build on that a little bit is that like there's no excuse for how poorly prepared and how poorly game planned that game was at the same time we lack a leader in the upper leadership offices to put pressure on the head football coach if something like that is to happen again. It's her, her philosophy and policy has been, well, it's Jimmy's program, at least that we know of. And so like, I agree with you. Like it was completely that's on Jimmy at the same time, like moving forward, I have no faith that things will get better unless the leadership at the top office is changed. That said, I also think that John Don needs to be fired. So he he has no um he I don't know who his genuine uh, help is you know if uh, who's who's our offensive uh, analysts like um you talk about LSU's you know historic run Joe Brady was an analyst you know what i mean like so if if J- uh, JD you know if you wanted to part ways with him you don't even have an option Junior Adams ha- doesn't have experience you know playing uh, calling plays um, there's nobody else on that. Scott Huff doesn't have that experience, so it's like you're kind of stuck. Durham, and he doesn't really consult Durham anybody. Cato. Durham Cato really, technically has. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he yeah. Has, he's an attention like, to detail kind of guy. Months. Yeah. Just to add to your point, though, that super thin. Can't Again, it's enough. not setting your coaching Ooh, staff up to up for success. Yeah. To be, but also to 
to deflect a little bit from Jen on the maintainer thing, like I, who really saw that one coming? Like based upon what Jimmy did last year in four games, they, I mean, yeah, they were home games and blah, blah, blah. And it was a COVID year. So it's hard to see too much of it. Like, did anyone see that one coming? Like I was, I mean, blown away, totally blown they, away. didn't see they, it coming. We all know they tried to, we, we saw it around the country, you know, and people who, weren't in primetime matches, but were top 25, top 30 teams. We all saw them kind of play like this weird, like, oh, let's protect the playbook kind of offense. People kind of showed their looks on defense a little bit, which was like, okay, you're going to show your looks on defense, but then hide all your, like, you know, so we saw that kind of that tone around the country, really. But everybody kicked it up a notch when they needed to win the game. You know, they were like, okay, you know, let's kick it into a gear. I don't care what we're showing. At the end of the day, Michigan's got to stop it. Then they get Cal's got to stop it. The the so it's like, man, I, it made no sense to me at all. Don't kick it in the gear, and every, uh, and you can kind of see a little bit of a tone on the the sideline too with with JD. He he was at a loss for he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what how to transition. Um, you know, so yeah, it's like overconfidence. Overconfidence. Like I, I literally, I literally didn't think we were losing that game on our last drive before the interception, and even there, even after that, I was like, oh, like we're we're still winning. Like yep. it was like I was not stressed at all until it didn't even hit me until like after I like left the stadium and got in my car. I'm like, we actually lost that fucking game. I mm-hmm. can't believe it. I thought for sure we we're coming back. Like it was, it's happening. I wasn't worried about it at all. Right. And maybe it's because we saw, you know, Demo against Utah and all that. I was just like, no, OK, this is happening. But it was just overconfidence. Right. And, and and the coaching staff and the players too, like the urgency to like wait a little bit too long to get into gear. Um, yeah, that's to me, that was ultimately what did us in in the end. I still think there's a massive, massive issue with John Don. Yeah, Should never get to that with I an felt, FCS school. <laughs> I, I thought we were losing that game. And, and I, I actually – yeah, Good for you. I didn't like, see it. I, but. I, I saw that offense. That offense was just garbage. I mean, that was – that would have been embarrassing for a junior high program to run. Like, it was it was awful. You had receivers running the same spots. Yeah, I mean, that was – yeah. You, you turn on the – like, call your your team for you. It's a better game. Um, you know, we I, I, uh, Stratton, the the quarterback uh, recruit that we have today, uh, his first three games, and like you turn on that, and like he's running a more, more better offense than what we're running. You know, it's it's hire that OC. Yeah. Yeah, Someone really. said Sheldon Cross from Kennedy. <laughs> oh, man, you guys are crazy. No. Airy. No. Oh, man. I, I like look Sheldon good. Cross for high school. No. Defense but, uh, defense but yeah, I mean, yeah, defense put up good. like 35 points or at least push 30 points against Michigan. Like, just just tarmac him like they did to uh, – uh, uh, Lane Kiffin, yeah, leave him on. Whose offense looks remarkably good? Jealous, <laughs> because you're gonna there. have to score 35 plus versus Arkansas State to win that. So. I know. 
because Arkansas State's going to score some points. Well, yeah, Hood, I, I saw you yeah. saying that the other day, and they they only scored 40 last week against Central Arkansas. So are you really confident about that scoring over 35 against us? Yeah, you're on, you're on mute, by if, the way. But <laughs> if I'm going to answer. I'll, I'll, I'll jump in and say if our offense can't, can't manage to do a damn thing, yeah, they'll score 35. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, they got a whole bunch of basically like SEC bounce backs. And um, last year was had a super explosive offense. Um, I believe like the head coach is from like what the Malzahn tree. So like they're going to have some tough, some some tough keys to be reading for our defense. You know, and I, I, I heard in a lot of the interviews from defensive players that we had people in the wrong gaps. You know what I mean? All over the place on defense every now and then you can't. You got to be gap disciplined when it comes to Arkansas State and how they want to run offense. So, and like I said, first week jitters, you know, that, that happens for all the offenses. We're talking week three for Arkansas State. You know, when you have some element of identity, um, you have a little bit more film on our A game versus Michigan. So, uh, yeah, but anyway, we're, it's not about Arkansas State, really. Michigan on the menu, baby. Michigan on the they menu. They play Memphis. I'm excited. Yeah. That's gonna be a big. That's gonna be a big game for them. Yeah, be a good test. Do we? Does anybody have anything else they want to say about Montana? Nope. I feel Doesn't it necessarily have to be one. Oh, is there an amnesia pill? Is there an amnesia pill? Really. Uh, Baseball one, one positive that I saw uh, that was a little bit unexpected. Uh, was I thought uh, 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 our middle line pretty well? Not, not MJ Tafisi, but uh, thought he did. I thought he looked a lot better this year, taking an extra step uh, as far as his progression has gone. I think Tafisi struggled a bit, and so mm-hmm. and there weren't weren't too great. But seeing that out of Jackson Sermon, I think is uh, really positive. I'll say Tafisi looked a little bit better than what he did last time we saw him on the field. Not that he was great, but yeah, but he did better. Yeah, not much positives at that game (laughs) at all. I I was I was happy with the crowd size. I mean, I I wish a little bit more. And I thought there was a good amount of students there. I thought there would be like 30, 40 percent full, but it was like 70 percent, 75 percent full of students. Maybe you don't think you don't think that high? At least 60, but. It's, I thought it was close to 70. For, you know, keeping in mind that we're on the quarter system. Yeah. In school. Um, I thought the showing for the student section was adequate. And, yeah. um, you know, obviously, like, we're, we're grasping at straws for positives to take away from that <laughs> game of her thinking about the student attendance. So, but, yeah, beer. it was nothing to. Beer, the beer. yeah. The beer was beer, great. Yeah. Um, yeah. The tailgate. The, the tailgate, yeah. yeah. I had to wait through a line that lasted me the entire second quarter to get beer, but I didn't miss anything, it turns out. So, <laughs> Hood, was that your first time at E1? No, no. Tailgate? No, okay. Uh-uh. We got I, I don't think we can get off of Montana without um, – we can throw it on the coaches. I don't know how we run away from our offensive line. Like, we got to talk about – you know, at least a little bit, address them a little bit. Um, yep. I don't care about how big you are at this point. I don't care about being top three in the country. I don't care about none of that stuff. 
gotta pull up and show it. What I saw from Bane, <laughs> no, not not gonna yeah. cut it. Uh, what I saw from Julius, not gonna cut it. Um, certain reps from Vic Kern, I saw Vic Kern was still engaged in the game and was trying to get better and was trying to learn his uh, his assignment, but no. Uh-uh. Uh, you getting bullied by Montana defensive ends is not going to cut it. Uh, yeah, there was it way takes... too much pressure on Dylan Morris all game and way too many um, bodies at the feet of our running backs all game for them to be left out of this criticism. Yeah, it, it takes a special level of, of ineptitude, at least within one game, to get benched against an FCS team if you're Bane. Um, that's really, really embarrassing, honestly. Um Obviously, the entire offensive line didn't play great, but if you're playing to a level that's so inadequate that you're getting benched against Montana, that's just really upsetting. I was initially mad that they didn't get McGrew in and put that kind of stuff, uh, but after I kind of heard the reasoning, I was like, okay, you know, they felt like they wanted to get Richard into a, a groove you know, for Michigan. They wanted to kind of kind of go with one guy, get him that RB1 kind of feel, um, obviously throw Cam in there every now and then too. Um, they kind of wanted to kind of get Richard going and it just, it just did, it just didn't work. But we speak, uh, you know, we speak on the offensive line. They were left hanging, especially in the second half by their coaches. Um, I didn't see a single pull. You know what I mean? I didn't see any play. I didn't see any uh, playing with the offensive line. Um, I didn't see any uh, any uh, moving of the pocket, <laughs> like nothing. If you're getting all these, I didn't see any screens. I didn't see any delays, anything to kind of get the defense uh, from firing off. So that's where we can kind of yeah. throw it back to the coaches. No, I mean, their entire game plan was, you know, they had guys who were 40, 50 pounds lighter shooting gaps and trying to get uh, uh, penetration. You know, call a trap play, right? Like, do something, run some play that goes specifically against, you know, that that addresses the weakness of trying to get uh, penetration from your these 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 smaller guys, and you got nothing, right? So just just really disappointing from our offensive line and, and coaching staff. Uh, onto some fun, maybe some Michigan fun. Let's talk Michigan. Let's talk. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what we. I mean, hopefully we see you know the offense show up, the defense play well. Um, I don't know what's everybody hoping for. What's what's a moral victory for everyone this weekend? Did anybody watch? <laughs> There's no moral yeah. victories. You win or you don't win. Yeah, moral victories. I agree. Me and F Mac on the same page. Win. Or lose big. Yeah. If we get blown out, then somebody gets fired fast. Then changes will happen. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So either win or, or just throw in the towel. Not really, though, but like I'd rather see a competitive win or get blown out. Agreed. So, I mean, you see the game, the Florida State versus Notre Dame. I, I, would, I, would, I would say that Florida State in that loss – performed well you know showed the energy on the sideline had big plays they showed they were on the same level as now michigan isn't notre dame you know but 
I feel like there there is a performance that could be shown that could be like, okay, like this team's got some juice. Okay, this team just needed to get going. Okay, this so if it's an exciting game like that and we see all the things we need to see, I'll be confident in a close loss. But at the same time, man, like that puts a huge damper on all of your out of conference goals. You know, your CFP's already kinda out of there. You know, so Yep. Not kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The committee won't let us, let us live this down. But I but I agree with the point too. It's not and I and we were talking about this today in the group chat. Like it's also not just about the score. It's about like the level of execution. Yep. It's about the emotion, the intensity, um, the you know. I I still I I mean John Don is going to have to pull a rabbit out of his hat to make me feel like he's the guy, but show some level of like imagination in the playbook and, you know, getting, setting, setting our guys up for success. Right. And this is where it's not just on the players. Like you got to put, you got to work our way and you got to scheme us into mismatches. And like, I don't see any of that. I don't, I haven't seen any of that yet. And if, I mean, that would go a long way for me, even in a loss, if I saw the energy, I saw the execution and intensity. I saw us a little bit of like opening up the playbook, like we've been talking about for over a year now, right? When, yep. Oh, we didn't have it all installed. We didn't have it all installed. Like I've been saying that I'm guilty of that. Like, let's see it now. Right. You've been talking, you've been, you know, you've known Michigan is on the schedule for a long time and you were clearly not putting it out there for Montana. So let's see what it, let's see what it is. Right. Let's see what it is. Yep. Yeah. I guess moral victory was probably the, the wrong choice of words. I was just saying like, things that will be, you know, encouraging signs or signs that maybe the entire season isn't going to be a total dumpster fire. Uh, encouraging signs. I would like to see multiple scores in the first half. Yeah. Uh, because if we look like at our last like three first scores, halves, period, that's true. But if we look at the last three first halves of John Don offenses, we scored zero against Utah, three against Stanford and seven against Montana. That's three first halves and 10 <laughs> points. So, if we could see more than one score in the first half, or that is horrifying, yeah. and thank you for it's really that depressing. Out. That is so horrifying. It's like hiring an assistant position coach for one of the worst joke franchises in the NFL <laughs> as your offensive coordinator isn't a good idea. Yeah, who would have thought? This game's gonna be so boring. I think this game's gonna be two sputtering offenses, and it's like 14 10. And yep. three, I think it's gonna be Pac 12 championship game 2018. Like. Michigan didn't scare me. Michigan didn't scare me. Michigan didn't scare itself. Like you know, what I mean, it just. We have Byron Murphy it, it, to come in and uh, do a pick six. No, but we got Trent McDuffie. Hey, I will say, I think this will be. We will have. We will find out. Uh, so, somebody will get their first sack. Somebody will get their first TFL. Somebody will get their first interception. There's so many new kids that are on this team this year, that I yeah. think that's something. And this is happening at a, in a prime time slot. So I think this is a good, good opportunity for these kids, man. This is that's why I'll say this is super exciting for me. It's Montana sucks, you know, um, so, but I think I can put that behind me because the opportunity ahead, specifically for these kind, these kids, man, is big time. I can't get it up for this game and get get hyped for this game, man. That's just, that'd be sad because there's gonna be hundred thousand yeah. people, full stadium. None of these, none of these kids, hundred ten thousand. Yeah, none TV. of these yeah, kids have played national TV. in front of this big of a crowd. They got to be ready, and they got to be hyped. Like I mean, I, 
Most of these kids haven't had a uh, uh, away game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they apparently struggled. Malo said what they apparently struggled with our own home crowd. Like they struggled with um, with the, uh, them being excited. Shit I ever heard in my life. For crying Dude, out loud. Being excited for literally excited early on. He said it right. He said he, that doesn't make any sense to me. But they they rolled the emotion of the crowd versus riding their own emotion. And he was like, it could have been attributed to jitters, you know. But I was like, what? <laughs> so I can't imagine what what this the hundred tenth K is going to be, but. We're sure gonna find out, you guys. I don't even know. Yeah. Seems young, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just stupid. I don't even know how to respond. Gonna got in the in the show honestly. after that. Okay. Probably not say to the media. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yep. Do we want to end it there, or do we want to do <laughs> predictions? Go <laughs> through the joking. conference and do predictions. I think it'd be cool to talk about UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> They're the only team in the Pac-12 that's doing something. I'm, I'm just I, jealous. I, I, I don't want I mean, to talk I, to I, you. I, to the North. The North I've got a crush on UCLA. Week. I won't even lie. So we like but, Chip Kelly now? Is that what we're saying? But they don't play this weekend. That's true. Do you Hopefully want to the Pac-12 North decides to win some games. <laughs> Go Bucks, go go Bucks! So, gar- so garbage across the board. Did oh, anybody oh, watch Bucks. the Stanford game? Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, don't even. Well, well, I, mean, I mean, we don't have somebody a, in purple one. Yeah, we don't have you know a leg to stand on in terms of making fun of people, but like, I can't begin to describe how bad Utah State is. They're still a D one <laughs> team, but like. Yeah. Again, Wazoo losing to that team in Pullman, like that's like mm. we're not the only that ones in the conference with egg, egg well, on our face. Well, that's all I was going to say. They clearly was watching our game, having a little bit too much Schadenfreude, and then came out with that. Oregon didn't look good. I was talking a lot of shit about Oregon. And yeah, only for that to come back and bite me. So I mean, it didn't yeah. bite you because I mean, they Jake Hayner, Fresno State. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Squint, yeah. I really hope your tweet doesn't come back to bite you this weekend. Yeah. That no, the, the tweet was beautiful. I, mean, I, I don't know it how it could it, because you talked shit about Ohio State yeah. and Oregon. True. So. It was beautiful. Yeah. Don't it was amazing. Yeah, it's all true. Trash ass man bases. So <laughs> yeah, they deserve it. I hate you both. Let's go Buckeyes. Yes, yes. Today or this weekend only. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. real. So let's talk about that game, uh, Oregon, Ohio State. Who, who's everybody got? Who, who, who do we think wins? Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio they're gonna, gonna destroy. Ohio State more than covers. What's what's Fre- the line? Fresno State it's took them fourteen and a half. I think the line. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, they're Fresno State took Oregon to the brink. In Autzen. On its home so, field. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that Ohio and State's going to be able to handle re- that. With, let's yeah, remember with that on, on, Jake and... on Jake Kaner's first possession, he threw um, a scoop and score. He did a scoop and score, and they lost by seven. So Right, mm-hmm. and then they fumbled uh, the very next yeah. possession. Like, they started yeah. with, like, it was, like, punt, fumble, like, punt, yeah. fumble, fumble, punt. And gave the game away. And they dug, and they dug a hole that they, they somehow they, got out of. Well, and the game-winning touchdown happened on a, and then I, I don't know if you all noticed it, but it was a face mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Caused that fumble. Fourth and two. 
Yep. Yep. All right, uh, Cal TCU. That team in purple was going to win that game, maybe. <laughs> Man, dude, that's unfortunate for Cal. Man, that back-to-back loss. I <laughs> know. I thought I thought no, Cal was going to be pretty nice. good this year, at least I, I, pushing I, for something. Well, Squints don't better. look good against maybe the they, Maybe they bounce worry. back. I, I really want to. I want to appreciate how funny it is that we were all talking shit about how the Big Twelve, all these schools in the Big Twelve, wouldn't be worth adding, and then they're going to shit on all of us. Okay, State <laughs> just demolished Stanford, and then TCU is probably going to beat Cal. I, I will say, like as a complete caveat, uh, I don't know if you y'all caught the um, the article that uh, was put up today that was spotlighting Utah that had George K on there, and he basically called out essentially Washington State and Washington State, like mm-hmm. that was inexcusable. We have yep. to do better. Yep. I fuck, uh, thank God, I fuck with that heavy. If, Larry, yes, if thank can- you. If yeah, only if we our can AD get that energy that. from inter- insider department, let's get it from outside. Yes, yeah. if only our AD I love George K, for real. Dude, he's legit. Let's, like, let's have a little bit of a, a George K appreciation moment because, you know, Hell fuck yeah. Larry Scott. Larry Scott never fucking did that. So that was... No, he would say, hey, what can I do? Like, you guys got to win. He would just totally, he was, like... He, he was too busy planning announcements for his contract extension. Right. And office renovations in San Francisco. But anyway, back to the predictions. I got uh, TCU. Yeah, here's here's yeah. another one. Uh, TCU. That'll that'll probably be close. Oh, Number five, cat. Texas A&M in Colorado. Oh, yikes! <laughs> uh, I think that's a lot closer than people think. Go Buffs. I, I'm not a fan of how, like the hype Texas A&M's getting. Haynes, Haynes. Sure. Haynes, I think their quarterback looked okay. You know. Um, so we'll see. The trenches will be a nice little battle, but I'll say later on in that game, Texas A&M pulls it out. Yeah. You know, 31-21, 31-24. Spread? What's the spread, Hooligan? Uh, I don't have – I'm assuming it's probably a lot. Uh, let me pull that up. Um, I, think I said it's... preseason that the, the Pac-12 was going to have a, you know, multiple opportunities to prove itself in a year where George K could really use the help. Because yep. the earlier yep. the earlier you give him some help, the faster he will help every single school. And this is, it's, this uh, is not a great start. A&M uh, minus 17. Okay, it's 17 I think, points. I, I'd agree with that. I think it's probably more like 10. Yeah, I don't think they That'll cover. be close to the Oregon game. Agreed. Yep. I think it's going to – it's at – it's in Boulder. Um, yeah, I think it'll be – I don't think they'll cover, but I think they'll close to cover. So. Here's one. It's a tough place to play too, and it's just—I mean, altitude. Yeah, it's a—it's an altitude thing. It's just kind of a weird location. Like I, those, Colorado always plays people closer than they should. I mean, they isn't it grass yep. field? USC, yep. they would take them to the brink there. It's just kind of a—it's like a—it's a weird, it's a, like alternate universe there. Like I, every time I watch a game that's played there, like they—they they cover, and they make it competitive. All right, here, here's a key variable of the 2021 season. Do both Washington schools lose to an FCS team, Portland State and the Coug? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Or do the Cougs Cougs forfeit due to COVID? The Cougs? <laughs> the Cougs? <laughs> if Jaden Delora starts, they're good. Give yep. Delora. Marcus Spiker yep. has never lost to the Cougs, and he won't again. Okay. There we go. Yeah, I like it, J-Cat. I like that call. All right. I like that, too. 
All right. Uh, later, I think this might qualify as a Pac-12 after the after dark sort of uh, San Diego State at Tucson and the Fighting Fishes. I think Arizona showed me something against BYU. I think that they're going to be better than people think. And I think the cover, like, sorry, the, the spread is Arizona by two. I think it's going to be more like Arizona by ten. Uh, I agree. First win in two years. Go Wildcats. Mm -hmm. Go Cats. Go Kansas. They just experienced that too. Storm the field for South Dakota. <laughs> oh. Sad has your program oh, gotten won. that you're storming the field yeah. in South Dakota. Yeah, or uh, God, who else was I making fun of for storming the field this weekend? Um, I mean, watch, Wazoo's going to storm the field against Portland State if they win. Just watch, J-Cap. That watch. would be amazing. Oh. Yeah, Please I, let that happen, who, please. Whoever beat Duke, somebody stormed the field after they beat Duke and not in <laughs> basketball. Oh man! Moral um, victory. All right, uh, holy war. Uh, I, I think it's foregone conclusion. Yeah. That Utah. Run me Utah, yeah, run me Utah. It's an it's an unholy yeah. war with three percent alcohol in Salt Lake City. <laughs> <laughs> fuck BYU, but also every day. Fuck you at Death Row Huff. So yeah, Dewey, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> F Max son, take the L just cause. So disappointed in my son. Dating a, a Utah girl and just totally turn colors. Man. Hey, she she picked UW this weekend though, so I can't really hate her too much. Yeah. Okay. She's more loyal to UW than he is. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Facts. Facts. All right. Um all right, UNLV Arizona State. I think that's Sunday. Uh, that's a thirty-three yeah. and a half point cover for Arizona Ooh. State. Thirty-three and a half point is a spread. Is it? Oh my gosh! They got two first that round seems... running backs on their team. That's just... yeah. that's more than what we got against Montana, and we took the L. So, <laughs> well, yeah, I think uh, yeah, they, I think UNLV might cover that, but they're not winning. No, that, that might be like that like backdoor Arizona cover in a garbage with a garbage time touchdown. Yeah, you like you and LB is going to be angry about last week. I think they cover, but I yeah. they're not yeah. winning that game. Um, you forget USC. Uh, Stan Hugan? Stanford at USC. That's a seventeen point USC spread. Man. Honestly, I don't know. After watching Stanford against KSU and watching USC against San Jose State for the first three quarters. I don't know. In con in conference is weird though, man. That's it's true. Weird. That's true. It's so That's true. Weird, yeah, it's, it's weird. Stanford's playing USC, not us. <laughs> That's okay. also true. Yeah. I like I guess I'll, I'll go USC. I'll I'll go like USC. USC. I think they cover. I think they cover. Faith, family, football, fuck the tree. Yeah, always fuck the tree, yeah. Cap. Always, always fuck the tree. <laughs> oh, wait, that's Oregon State. Who's playing Hawaii, but, you know. Who's next? <laughs> you spread Stanford out five, five DBs, boy. I don't even know if they got three DBs. Yeah. Um, and Hawaii is traveling to the to Corvallis. I'm, 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 I'm low-key I'm low key a Beavs yeah. fan. Yeah, yeah me too. I'm, I'm a Jonathan Smith fan because he has a good offense now. There you go. Oh, boy. Yep. There you go. Yep. You know my thoughts all on right. Jonathan Smith. That's right. Thank That's, you. Thank I'm you, all for him. Let's hire him as an yeah. analyst again. Let's do that. He's, he's still sick. I mean. Who is? Tedford. Tedford. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that... that... Yeah, you can work at home. Yeah. It's a new, it's a new world. He's sick you in the same way now. that... Uh... 
Urban Meyer is always sick and then coming back for more. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. A- a- anything else, or, or should we call it a day? <laughs> All right. We're probably good. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go, dogs. Beat Michigan. Beat Michigan. Go, Beat dogs. Michigan. Go, Go dogs. Beat Michigan. Shout out to those traveling. Shout out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll report next week, Hood. Yes, sir. Wear yep. purple. Real dogs wear purple. Let's go. Come on. All right. Go Ohio State.